There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family, starring Tom Bernard. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader. Tim Lammers joins us in Hour 1 to talk entertainment. Hour 2 will be joined by Jeff Belanger, There's a Demon in the White House. That's a new shock doc on Discovery Plus that begins airing this Friday. We'll talk about that and the history of the haunting of the White House. Special guest up next right here on The Family. never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Welcome to the family. Tom Bernard is out. His family is taking a little respite this week. Sitting in, I'm Dave Schrader along with my wife Cassie. And uh, Tim Lammers joining us in a few moments. Do we have our special guest on the line yet? Uh, not yet. My goodness. This guy is a pro. I thought he'd have been here for us to <laughs> kick off the show. That's okay. We'll start off with some news, uh, disturbing news breaking right now. Vikings' Everson Griffin Posts disturbing video waving a gun. The team is concerned. The Minnesota Vikings say they're concerned for the health of Everson Griffin after the defensive end posted a series of disturbing things on his social media page Wednesday, including a video of him waving a gun. Mm-hmm. Do you have the video? Can you I play do. it? Let me see what he says if, if there's any audio. Yo, yo, yo. I'm in my house. Try to pop me. I still got clips left. This is my gun. 45 Wilson combat registered to me. I bought all my bullets around town. 
Dalvin Cook helped me purchase this gun. It all belongs to me and they are registered to me. So I know exactly where I bought them. I got the card I have them on. I have everything, so. Yeah, Griffin sent out the scary posts overnight and in terrifying video, which is roughly 30 seconds in length, as you just heard, the 33-year-old can be seen staring wide-eyed and speaking quickly with a firearm in his hand. Yo, 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 Griffin can be heard saying, I'm in my house. People are trying to pop me. Only he used the N-word. I still got clips left. This is my gun. Griffin also shared screenshots of a series of troubling text messages that he allegedly sent appearing to show him asking for help while saying people are trying to kill me. The Vikings said in a statement Wednesday morning that they are aware of it and are concerned, adding that they have been in contact with Griffin. Uh, Vikings representatives and the team's mental health professionals have been on-site at Everson Griffin's home since early this morning and are cooperating with law enforcement, he's, uh, the team said. Our only concern at this time is the safety and well-being of Everson and his family. We will have further comment at the appropriate time. Head coach Mike Zimmer, meanwhile, added that he worried for Griffin as well and said he was not sure if his player was safe. We're only concerned about his well-being, Zimmer said. Griffin has battled mental health issues in the past, including an incident in 2018 in which cops say he jumped out of an ambulance after he feared someone was going to shoot him. The story mm -hmm. continues to develop as we have more updates and information. We'll share that with you here on the program. Pretty scary stuff. Yeah, in the video, too, he looks very paranoid. Like, it's not... Uh, uh, he doesn't... look. He doesn't look like he's all there in the head. Yeah. Like something's going on mentally well, with him. Well, that's obvious from the, the video, the audio, and the, uh, yeah, the things like that he's, he's posting. Terrifying stuff. Tim Lammers, you with us, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is pretty uh, wild to hear that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did he mention Delvin Cook's name in that? Yeah, he said mm -hmm. Cook helped him obtain the gun. See, that guy doesn't need any more no. publicity than he's already negative publicity than he's already <laughs> getting now. I think that uh, he he mentioned something about obtaining them legally. So, right. you know, there's that. But, God, that is tragic. I mean, and you mentioned, too, I mean, this guy has had mental health issues prior to this. You know, it's scary. I mean, there's there's the I'm not saying it's this, but, you know. Back in the day, people didn't understand what, you know, the effects of CTE right. were on players. Plus, I would imagine the guy, you know, thinking about, was it last year he sat out most of the year? Or was it a year before? I mean, what he? I mean, the guy has been injury prone. Right. And it can't be anything worse for a football player than sitting things out, contemplating where your career is going. And I would imagine all that stuff weighs heavy on you well and then if you've got cte uh, at least a minor version of it and you're on pain pills to deal with the issues that oh. you might be going through that can certainly cause listen i i'm the first to know i you know once in a while tim i'll get migraines the only way i can well i shouldn't say once in a while i get migraines a lot but once in a while the only way i get over it is with a vicodin um i you know i get like a prescription of 20 and it takes me six months to go through them if you know sometimes longer so it's not a pill addiction or problem. But I notice a drastic change. As a matter of fact, if I tell a family, hey, guys, I have to take a Vicodin to beat back this migraine, everybody knows to avoid me for the next 24 hours. Uh, yeah. Just really owly, crabby, nasty jerk. Um, and it does. I know it has an impact and an effect. And, it, you know, if you're taking multiple uh, Vicodin or, or other painkillers, and I don't know that that's what he's doing, but because he's been so injury-prone, you know, is he taking medication that might be lending yeah. itself to explosive attitude? Well, you know, they just clearly have to get to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he's posting this stuff on, on social media, I mean, my God, somebody needs to be there right now. Yeah, to, well, they to, are. To this guy. Yeah, they God, are. Thank God. I mean, that's so tragic. It's so <laughs> sad. I, I Again, I'm sure we're going to find out more as this thing unravels, but... Whew. Yeah, because he's. I thought he was done for the season. I, I might might be mistaken there. You're just trying to keep track of who is injured and who is not. But uh, that's too bad. Man. Yeah, it's that's it's tragic. And there's more and more of this. You're seeing not just even in the sport world, but 
You know, now that we have access to social media, I mean, could you um, imagine in the heyday of the of the film system when you know when you were a contract player at these at these um, major studios, they had complete control over everything you did, said <laughs> what you wore. Could you imagine if social media were in play and we got to hear what was going on in Clark Gable's mind, or you know, some of these other uh, actors that that we've heard struggled with mental illness? You, you wonder where they would fall now in the pantheon of, of their legacy. Uh, and it just makes me wonder if, you know, obviously social media has brought many of us closer around the world and has given us access, kind of unfettered access to our favorite celebrities. But is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. And, and you know, though, the thing is, what's sad about people like Clark Gable now or John Wayne or somebody is that people are trying to go back to a time where, you know, their behavior... I'm not going to say it's, it was ever acceptable, but they were the times right. and they did things differently then. And they're trying to, you know, cancel their legacy, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, it seems like in some sort of way, in an odd sort of way, yeah, social media is touching them, which is re- really too bad. But uh, well, it is and it isn't. It might be a good sign. I mean, if celebrities are reaching out, their friends and agents and managers can see these posts now where you know when you're dealing with a debilitating uh, crippling mental issue sometimes you just do it in silence and you're suffering at home and these are blatantly you know screams for help and i I oh god yes that the the celebrities doing this uh, have somebody in their court that's actually watching out for them and not just uh yes men and women yeah exactly yeah you're right the whole yes man thing all the uh, sycophants that surround people, it's hard to, seems for them anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk, we can say, yeah, hell, I would do this, I would do that, but we're not in their position, so we no. really don't know how difficult it is to confront somebody about that. Well, but, look at uh, Elvis. He's a, a prime example. Uh, you know, here's a guy who was so powerful and rich, so gregarious and loving and caring, he'd give you gifts and cars and houses and and then if you crossed him, you were just out of the loop. You were cut out completely. And by crossing him, telling him no, you know, trying to step up to him. So a lot of his Memphis mafia, I think, stuck around trying to protect Elvis as best they could, but at least be there for him when he crashed so they could try to help him. But, you know, when a celebrity gets out of control and and is addicted to drugs and alcohol and a mixture and, and, and dealing with mental issues... I'm I'm really surprised, Tim, that we don't see more of this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, and this is a different celebrity, but we did talk about this uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and, and I know that, um, Cassie, I think you were going to see it. Did you watch what happened, Brittany Murphy, yet? I did, yeah. Yeah, we both watched the, the yeah. um, documentary. It's one of those deals where everybody sees this stuff going on around this person and how vulnerable she is and how manipulated she is by this guy. And, and the only thing that they're left with right now is remorse. Mm-hmm. They all wish they could have done something more. And you know what? I mean, honestly, again, I pray to God I don't get to a situation where I'm that outsider looking at a friend or whatever, where I have the opportunity to reach in and I don't, and then something tragic happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the tough part. And, you know, you saw people like Kathy Jimmy, who, who is a friend of hers, you know, different folks like that to just say, why, why didn't I do that? Why the hell? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that to me is such of a great cautionary tale in a different sort of way. You know, you're used to seeing these documentaries where they spiral into addiction, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know if that was necessarily Brittany Murphy's situation all the time, but clearly she had issues. This was about somebody controlling her, this whole Svengali sort of thing, maybe kind of mirrors um, the way that guy, I, Eugene Landy, had a stranglehold on Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that seems to be even worse, where, you you know, people can't even get in touch with people like Brittany Murphy because you got to go through Simon. Everything goes through Simon. And he has all the keys. I mean, there is absolutely no way of getting a hold of her. So, yeah, that to me, that was fa- fascinating and and again, yet tragic. I mean, it's just, it shouldn't have happened. It just shouldn't have happened. Well, and it's hard because if the celebrity isn't aware of it, and sometimes you're so close in the mix that you don't see the damage, and when you're already in a fragile state, 
and your mom's going along for the ride, because that was an important aspect of this. Brittany's mom was just as controlled by this guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had a very unusual-looking relationship themselves between uh, Brittany's husband and and her mom. Yeah. Uh, that that seemed like from the outside very uncomfortable. Again, I don't want to judge because you know <laughs> yeah. I'm a very affectionate guy, and and you know, but I I, I don't know. Some of those things just seem weird. Uh, you know, the comments too about much, them too much sleeping weirdness, in the man. same bed together after the after the death, but. You don't know. Grief is a weird thing. So you do look at this and you wonder, what could I do? And then then there's the other side of things, though, right? Then you've got people who are outspoken. Martin Sheen was a warrior for Charlie Sheen. He, yeah. he screamed from the mountaintops. He threatened. He cajoled. He, you know, he talked to, uh, to Hollywood saying, don't hire my son. Stop enabling him. Stop giving him the money and the the power to do these type of things. And he did everything he could. And does it really ever have an effect when somebody is that far over the rails? Does it change things? Well, what I will say is, um, and it's very, very rare, but there's this old saying in Hollywood, no publicity is bad publicity. And I wouldn't say that's entirely true now. Yeah, I ask mean, Louis C.K. about but, that. I don't know if he necessarily <laughs> yeah. agree with you. Well, well, yeah. I mean, the tide is turning, especially right. with me too. But I'm talking about things where somebody is spy. To me, people were enjoying that Charlie Sheen was going all the tiger blood and all that stuff. That was kind of it. Turned his life turned into a reality show. So as such, when you get your old man screaming from the mountaintops, as you mentioned. Uh, it's publicity. It only draws more attention and makes him more marketable. Now, I'm sure with some people, bad intentions. Whoever got him to go on this this tour that he did, remember that he took the right. Tiger Blood tour, and you know, so it's some you know, so so some enablers around him or whatever saw dollar signs, and it's like, well, geez, we're we're getting all this press. We need to capitalize on this sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're right. I mean, not Louis C.K., certainly not Harvey Weinstein. Thank God that negative publicity, right. you know, took that SOB down. But, yeah, for the most part, I mean, if especially when people are doing harm to themselves, people just don't seem to give a crap. I think they do, but there's this level of what can I do? I've been friends with, with people that deal with drug issues and medical and mental health issues, and you do what you can, but there's a certain level where... You have to put your hands in the air and say, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. If I push, he's going to cut me out of their li- you know, out of his life forever or her life forever. And then I have no way of knowing what's going on. At least I'm an intermediary. I can reach out to other friends and relatives to let them know the signs I'm seeing. So there's there's different levels, which is how I felt Kathy Najimi kind of came off during that documentary of you know, do you hold on to a strand so at least you're in the loop and know somewhat of what's going on with this person? Or mm-hmm. do you push and get cut out altogether? Well, interestingly enough, and this is pivoting a little bit, but uh, that is part of uh, House of Gucci, uh, which is in theaters today with Lady Gaga playing Patrizia Reggiani. Uh, Maurizio Gucci is played by Adam Driver. And um, it was evident, at least according to the film, because obviously there are always going to be disputes about a quote unquote mm-hmm. true story or based on a true story. Right. But um, Rodolfo um, Gucci, who with his brother Aldo, now Rodolfo is played by Jeremy Irons and Aldo is played by Al Pacino. Um, Rodolfo was on to whatever underhanded stuff Patrizia was up to early on. And in fact, he threatened to disown his son. He effectively disowned his son. Now, his son was already in law school when he met Patrizia. So, you know, uh, you know, eventually he made his, back, his way back into the Gucci empire. But for a while there, he was on the outs. So, you know, it even seems like in a situation like that, he made the threat. He carried through with the threat. There was a division in the family for a long time. And then something, again, I want to give away too much, but something brought them back together. Uh, but in the meantime, Patricia is on the sidelines, kind of going, um, getting in the good graces of Aldo, the brother who had different ambitions than Rodolfo, and kind of made her way into the family that way. 
So it's a really an interesting um, look at that sort of thing when you talk about, well, when do you confront somebody and what do you, what sort of um, relationship could be damaged maybe forever because of it. Right. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, we're talking about this because it oddly enough, uh, you know, comes into play with that movie. So, well, I wanted to ask you about that movie too. I got to tell you there, you know, Tim, seeing the, the ads for the house of Gucci, it's, I have, I have, can't even tell you how little desire I have to see this movie. <laughs> like if my, I'm one of those guys, like if I'm, if something comes on TV and I can't find the remote, it's probably going to stay on my TV for a while. I'm pretty sure I would pull the TV off the wall and stomp on it if I couldn't find the remote. Right. It looks so bad to me. Uh, well, and, and the accents, Jared Leto sounds like Mario from Super Mario Brothers. Well, and I was saying on the KQ Morning Show today that he looks like a cross between Dr. Phil and Ron Jeremy. So right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you add, you add the uh, Super Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. You know, yes, I mean, it, he, is, he is as close to a caricature as there is in the film. Yeah. And may, maybe other people, because look, we all do the Italian accent. Impersonation, and bada boom, and bada bing, and all that kind of sopranos, and... But, you know, look, and, 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 and Lady Gaga, to me, immediately came off and gave me that sort of vibe. But then all of a sudden I realized, you know, she really does embody this character. I'm split with this movie. Uh, I'm conflicted, I should say, um, because, A, I thought the acting was terrific across the board, even, even um, uh, Jared Leto. I mean, you don't even know it's Jared Leto. But Pacino is always great. Adam Driver is always great. Uh, Jeremy Irons, not in the picture as much as everybody else. But he is, and and Gaga. So you have this expert acting you, and expert direction with Ridley Scott. Mm -hmm. It is a two and a half, two hour and thirty seven minute movie, Ugh. though. And the and the and the whole crux of the movie, they even say it on the poster. And I'm not trying to give away too many details because there are people that know this true story. There are some who don't. But there is a murder involved in the family, uh, and there and and obviously Patricia is implicated. They don't really get to that whole deal until the last half hour of the movie. And then once that happens, you know, again, because she's implicated, it's like, okay, what led to her downfall? You know, there's the murder and then there's the quick grieving scene. And next thing you know, they're all in court. It's like, okay, well, how did they find out? How did they come to the conclusion that she was maybe or maybe not involved in this? So that was my biggest complaint with the movie. It's a two hour and 37 minute, minute movie, but yet it seems to end too soon because I, I don't, to me, all the issues aren't resolved. So, you know, I gave it a seven out of 10 on the, on the Lama meter. Um, again, just because of all the talent involved, because I think all the talent does deliver. It's just probably, you know that the the the, the storyline isn't quite in balance. You know, it's too top heavy on all the relationship building and the and the the betrayal and all this sort of stuff. And then we get to the point where the major thing happens. The thing that most people, if they know anything about this couple, they know about that, and they don't really provide a lot of insight mm. into that, or not nearly as much as I thought they were going to. Well, there is some good news coming out of Hollywood, though. <laughs> Mario producer hints that Chris Pratt's plumber will not be using an Italian accent in the new movie. <laughs> so we don't have to struggle through uh, Chris Pratt. Ah, we're going to look for Princess Peach. <laughs> well, you know, in, in, in Stephanie Germanata's defense, mm -hmm. Lady Gaga's defense, she is Italian. So, And she right, did practice she the accent a... for, for nine months. Some people hate it. Her dialect coach said, yeah, we probably, probably should have gone another three months or something, I read. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and critics are critics, man. I mean, you know. I know. I hate those as guys. Far as, yeah. And, and <laughs> you can hate me, Dave. That's fine. I mean, look, I, I always you, tell Tim. people. You're not going, a critic. You're a movie I tried, fan. Well, that's true. But I, I, I tried to I try to sit myself in the audience with everybody else and, mm -hmm. and look at it from the intended audience point of view. It's never about, well, this is what. Yes, I gave you my point of view. But it's not. I'm not a movie snob right. that you know compares this to oddly enough some people are comparing this movie to the godfather in the way that it's structured but by and large i'm not going to compare super mario brothers to the godfather they're two different audiences well right? let's wait until we see how it turns out maybe you will. <laughs> 
we're gonna find out that Mario is whacking people. Right. So, Luigi, you're coming to hits. me on the birthday of my daughter, and I'm gonna tell her you want a thing. Let's get a Donkey Kong. I tell you yeah. what, I'll give him an extra lap on me in the race, and that's it. God. No, but yeah, you know, so one other movie I wanted to, to talk with you about, and, mm -hmm. and, and Cassie was excited about this, and again, I'm sorry I couldn't do yesterday. I, I got marching orders from my wife. We picked up my youngest son from school, but um, Ghostbusters, I, I have to tell you, man, I was pleasantly surprised, and my biggest takeaway was they moved the story forward in a meaningful way. You know, they, they, it, it was logical what they did. Obviously, you cannot get Harold Ramis involved because he passed on. So naturally, to go with this backstory of his estranged daughter, to go with the backstory of his two grandchildren and the way they discover who he was, and then move the story forward from there, obviously involved the three remaining guys. I thought that was brilliant. I did, too. I, I really enjoyed it. We talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday. I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I kind of hoped, you know, I put away all expectations, even though I'd read that a lot of the critics, who I thought were going to kind of break it apart, were walking out saying that it, it was brought back a lot of fond memories. There was a lot of heart to the movie. Mm -hmm. I said my only complaint was it's about 15 to 20 minutes too long. It, yeah. it, it does drag a while, you're getting it, but what I really feel like is this is a backdoor pilot to that Netflix or, or Amazon Prime series that they talked about about a week ago, mm. that they're looking at developing a Ghostbusters TV series. Because you've got that Stranger Things kid vibe to it, you've got, you do. You, you've got that kind of sense, and I, I really feel like this was the... This was the, the jumping off point for that, if it does take place. Because I don't know how you would... I, I don't know how you would continue this as a movie serial, because who's going to let a bunch of 14-year-old kids bust ghosts in their well, home? Well, at or the in, same you know? time, though, you got that Ernie Hudson... Well, I right. should say, uh, there there is something that happens. Watch to the very end Agreed. credits. I mean, mm -hmm. the very end, where it's not just a one-minute cute little scene. It's a full scene. Right, there are and, two. Uh, there are so two you wonder, clips. well, where, how, how involved are the guys going to be from here on out? Are they going to be involved with the kids? Because obviously, if they did nothing more with the kids, that would be a big mistake. Mm -hmm. They really, you know, uh, you're right that you you mentioned Stranger Things. I think I might have brought that up when I reviewed it on the queue. Um, I kind of got that '80s movie mm -hmm. kid vibe. The, the not that it's I'm comparing them, but it's the same sort of vibe with with uh et and goonies right that that, that sort of feel it, it, it it's amazing how they captured movie. that yeah. tone they really captured the tone beautifully agreed and and i loved it i was very happy with the movie except for it was a little draggy so like i said if they'd pair out about 15 to 20 minutes of it i think we'd it would be a really perfect reboot for this series uh we have to take a quick break we'll come back we've got more to discuss with tim lammers here on the family Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation in Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender and we are back with stretches picks you know tom uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks yeah and uh, i highly recommend betting of course i always recommend betting yeah absolutely so who's winning this thing the kitties the pack the bears or the purple none of the above those are all the teams in the division i know that well who's your pick 
I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Welcome back to the family with Tom Bernard. Tom and family. Filling in, I'm Dave Schrader. Schrader. Our guest this hour, Tim Lammers. Next hour, Jeff Belanger, as we talk about the haunted history of the White House. A brand new documentary will be appearing on Discovery Plus this Friday called A Demon in the White House. And no, it's not about our past or present uh, president. It is actually about the historical significance of of the supernatural and the different ghosts and and paranormal history. So we'll be talking with Jeff Belanger about that in hour two. Tim, I had a chance to sit down and revisit a favorite character uh, over the last few days. I think there's only three episodes out now. We've seen the first three. And I'm talking about the return of Dexter mm. on Showtime. Are you, oh, wow. Are you a fan? You know what? Uh, it's one of those deals, again, because for the most part, I've been a movie reporter mm-hmm. o- over all these years. So at one point, I did watch the first season, but that was it. I mean, you know, it's just really, it's always been a time crunch getting in whatever I need to for the week. And now I not only review films i do uh streaming so it's on to a new program every week so i i have to tell you though i mean what i did see great concept very creative obviously but uh i'm just uh, how does the new stuff hold up i've really enjoyed it it's it's 10 years since we've left the character roughly and uh he has moved on he's in hiding he faked his death at the end of the original series and and he's in hiding now in, I think it's New York somewhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, he's kind of fit in. He's he's just a regular guy uh, working at a sporting goods shop. And he's really enjoyed just being away from the turmoil. He's in a town that has no crime, that has no problems. So he's not tempted to come out of retirement. And, of course, because we're joining him at this point in his life, things are on rocky ground. So... Maybe that temptation's a little greater than it's been in the past. Uh, well, I'm, let me ask you this yeah. now, and 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 again, I mean, whatever spoilers I hear from the original series, you know, <laughs> it's my fault. Okay, <laughs> you right? Know, you can only go so long. But you say he faked his death. Did did you believe at the end of the original series that he actually died? No, did there's one of those you... after credit scenes where you know he he rides off into the eye of a hurricane on his ship, the slice of life, and. Um, and then they find the ship and it's empty and they, you know, the, the news headlines are all about Dexter's dead and everything. And then they show a logging camp in Oregon and you, you know, they're kind of going through the logging camp and then go into a cabin and there he is with like, you know, flannel shirt on and a full beard and he's eating soup or something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so you get the, you get the feeling that Dexter's still out there, which I, I appreciated. I know a lot of people hated that. I didn't want Dexter to die, even though he's a serial killer. But right. he's a serial killer with a heart of gold. He only gets yes. rid of really bad guys, right? He gets rid of other serial killers. And, Vigilante. And, yeah. He's, they're, well, they're as I, I've said before, I mean, I don't mind movies where the bad guys 
take out the worst guys. Right. Because there's always worse guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Know? And again, that obviously was the appeal for the series to begin with. You know, at least for what I watched, I thought, well, this is this is quite a spin on the whole serial killer concept, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. And they've they've revisited it with some interesting twists. The new title is Dexter New Blood. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I've already talked to Cassie about it, uh, how I feel it's telegraphing what we're expecting. And I kind of feel, in all honesty, this will be the last Michael C. Hall season of Dexter. Mm. But I think the show continues. Well, was there a Jason New Blood at one point? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Jason in space, if I can recall. Oh, I love Jason that one. X. Jason X. Dude, I got to tell you, for as stupid as it is, I love that movie. Jason X is one of my my uh, horror movie loves. I love that one and uh, the New Blood episode of, of uh, Friday the 13th where he goes up against a girl with telekinesis that kicks his ass. I just oh, love when yeah. they twist the storyline. And that was kind of the first one, I think, before everybody else started going in space. I think there was Leprechaun in space and <laughs> all of those. So it's. I think it, it was a great moment uh, for a horror movie to see something like this play out. But that's me. I'm kind of corny when it comes to that. I enjoy the new Dexter. It's it very much feels like we've just picked up, you know, and and I can't say that with a lot of shows. I know the reboot of uh, Mad About You sucked. It was yeah. so bad. Uh, the reboot of Will and Grace, I enjoyed that. Um, sure. You know, there's been some of these that they go back and revisit, and some shows I'm, I'm not sure why they want to go back and revisit. Are we really at that point where we just have no new creativity? creativity, or we just feel like let's – you know, revisit the well. Um, you know, I've been a fan of, of, of those reboots for years. So I think the first really popular rebooted series was Still the Beaver, you know, which was yep. the 1980s Leave it to Beaver series with the original cast. And, and I love sure. that. But not all shows have that longevity or that heart to them. So, I, you know, they can't create that magic. But I would, I would think this is Michael C. Hall's final season as Dexter Morgan. But I think it, it'll be carried on going forward well let's see the size of the paycheck true you know well, it's already um, you know filmed, honestly though. i don't know it's been filmed unless they leave a another hook ending which i think would really piss people off i i, I can't see it continue sure sure well the one season the one uh show new show that i'm recommending that does seem to have an original sort of spin um is mayor of kingstown um which is with jeremy renner on paramount plus I really, really like this show a lot. It's uh, the guy Taylor Sheridan who did Yellowstone, who did Hell or High Water. He's a terrific writer and director. And Renner, I, again, you know, people tend to pigeonhole him in this in the Hawkeye role. And now, if you've seen the first two episodes already, which dropped today, don't say anything because I, I haven't. haven't seen them no. yet. But and I like him as Hawkeye. Don't get me wrong, but. I mean, people tend to forget how terrific of an actor he really is, you know, with, with the Mission Impossible movies, with the Hurt Locker. Um, with I love Tag. <laughs> yeah, born, born. You know, I mean, he really does. And oddly enough, I must mention this, and I'm looking for the tape. I got to find it somewhere. And I say tape, as in cassette tape, I interviewed Jeremy Renner, when he was a complete nobody, a friend of mine, a publicist in L.A. said, hey, I got this guy, Jeremy Renner. He's playing a, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer in the movie Dahmer. Would you like to interview him? And I did. So, you know, it'd be fun to go back and, and listen to that early years, uh, Jeremy Renner uh, talk about playing Jeffrey Dahmer. But again, you know, he showed obviously tremendous promise even with that. So to see him in this dramatic role and not the superhero role, I really like it a lot. Plus... I just like the premise of the show, which is about these brothers or go-betweens between uh, it, it, prison is an industry in Kingstown, Michigan. Uh, there are seven prisons in a 10-mile radius, 20,000 prisoners, and that's all they have. Uh, it's a depressed town economically. And so he does all the dirty dealings between the prisoners and the bad people on the outside just in a way to keep peace. Um, him and uh, uh, Kyle Chandler are in it, and Diane Weist, 
the sweet Avon lady from um, uh, Edward, Edward Scissorhands, Scissorhands right. drops the F-bomb in this one. It's like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but it is such of a compelling show. Um, and, I, and I frequently mix it up when I'm talking about it with Mayor of East Town. No, it's Mayor of Kingstown. Although, again, to me, it has the same sort of appeal where it only airs one episode a week. So you got to go back week after week after week to see the thing. And I'm hooked so far. I really love the show. And there's only three episodes so far. So, you know, we're not so deep into it where uh, you can't catch up and, and, and get the fourth one. It's every Sunday night. You know what? I, I'm straying away. I, I hate to admit that I'm this guy, Tim, but I'm straying away from series like that. I like a show that's already wrapped up because there's nothing more frustrating to me. I came into The the Sopranos in, what, like season five or six. I'd held off on watching it. I finally tuned in, and that was the season that when it ended, there was like a year and a half between seasons. Mm. And I was just like, what the hell? I, I catch up, and now I have a year <laughs> and a half? Screw this. So I've tried to wait for every show to wrap up and then go back and watch them. It just drives me nuts, these long lags. Eight episodes, ten episodes, and then you're a year, sometimes a year and a half between that and the brand new episodes. That that drives me bonkers. Yeah, well, I tell you what, uh, funny enough, uh, people were, now this again before streaming, uh, they were seriously pissed off at the end of season one of The Killing, uh, which was a terrific show. Um, I, I don't know if you ever caught that. Uh, Mireille Enos and, and, and Joel Kinnaman in one of his earlier American shows yes. because this guy, he's actually from Sweden. So, um, and, and, but I didn't, I knew of it. Obviously I had AMC, but I didn't start watching it until I binge through it, but I, I binge through it a week before season two debuted. <laughs> so oh, really? the, the, the big teaser of an ending, it's like, Oh, I got to wait a day. Oh, here's season two. Yeah. I can see why people were pissed because there was not a tight resolve and they had to wait a year. And now think about that with the, with the pandemic and the way that slowed things down for some odd reason. I, I watched season, I watched the first episode of succession, mm -hmm. but it seems to me like such of a long stretch between episodes two, I mean, seasons two and three that it's like, I for, I'm forgetting what the hell happened Right. In those, because I binged those first two seasons because it was such of a terrific show, and I and naturally because I review streaming, I watched the only episode that was available to me because again, what they do is the one episode a week, on uh, is it HBO Max? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and 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 so now I can't get into it. I, it's really weird. There was just too much time in between, and again, that's because of the pandemic, and that's not their fault. But it's strange. It's strange how you kind of lose the momentum. The, the, the air is let out of the balloon. And all of a sudden, I can't pick up on it again. I, I hope to because I think uh, Brian Cox in this show is just as ferocious and brilliant as you can get. Um, but, God, it's, it's strange. I, I totally get where you're coming from. I just, you know what? I watched, uh, I introduced Cassie to Walking Dead a few years ago. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. hadn't watched it, so we powered through it. And it was so much more enjoyable because there are those kind of slower episodes and they're setting a different tone or they're resetting the story. And when you have, you know, these breaks in between seasons, it loses some of the steam that it's building. But when you binge watch on your time in your rhyme and rhythm of it, it just it comes off so much better. So even the weakest of the episodes were so much better because I didn't have to wait a week or four months until the next episode aired. It was mm -hmm. it it was there. Okay, we can look over that week episode. We launch right into another episode and realize, oh, that week episode isn't as bad now that we realize it led to this. So I think that's been the the, the reason binging has become so much more popular where it comes to watching uh, any of these entertaining shows is it just makes it a lot easier to follow through and keep the narrative. And when you've got a show 10 seasons long, all these characters... It's, you know, somebody will pop up in this new episode of, of Walking Dead and they, oh, they pull in on his face and I'm like, who the hell is that? Oh, yeah, well, I forgot he was in season two. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? Well, I, plus, I have no thought plus, on that. The plus, the, the good thing is you don't get any of the commercials. And what's really funny, I remember because we were such fans of The Walking Dead up till season seven, that brutal opening episode, and we didn't look back after that. But prior to that, I remember one time it was a brutal death from the zombies eating somebody alive or some something like that. And uh, The Walking Dead brought to you by KFC. <laughs> Could have been hungry, man. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry. At that moment, I had no desire to eat KFC. But it was like we all looked at each other and laughed our asses <laughs> off because it was like, how about that for timing? Yeah. I mean, a brutal. Uh, it was about as brutal as you get. And brought to you by KFC. <laughs> yeah. It should have been. You know, again. So you don't. You don't need those to... KFC commercials in, in when you're yeah. streaming it. You don't need that stuff. No. It would have been a good one to roll right into like an Elkett Seltzer commercial. <laughs> commercial. There you go. My right. God. So ghastly. That show is so incredibly ghastly. But you know what I do? I will commend the show. I mean, because, again, I was with it for seven seasons or six seasons in that first episode. But um, I will say that they got very creative with the way that they killed zombies. That was cool. I mean, it's like a new ingenious way to kill zombies every single episode so that was you know it wasn't always the knife to the head or the bullet to the head well, and I you mean, should watch were... fear of the walking <laughs> yeah. dead because they come up with some crazy ass ways to to wipe out zombies and and human kills and zombie kills are amazing mm. There's, was it aaron mm. carter i think showed up in one episode of fear of the walking dead and he was kind of one of the bad guys and they chop a hole in a wall because they think some of these people are trying to sneak away and the zombies are in the wall (laughs) and they like grab him and pull him in and bend him in half backwards, pulling him through the wall. Yeah. So it was like, Aaron Carter, the singer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Aaron Carter. It was somebody like that. I can't remember who, you know, it could have been Bieber. I don't know, but it was just, it was somebody (laughs) that's famous. And I was happy people would have tuned into that. Yeah, exactly. Bieber. Oh, crazy stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the new relaunch of of the uh, Dexter series. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. That is one of the series that I really felt went a little too soon. But, again, how long do you go? Um, I was really hoping. I thought it was a great deal. I guess they found ties between Dexter and Breaking Bad. Wow. And I just, how great would that have been in the end scene of Breaking Bad to have Dexter take out Walter White? <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's trying to make something and maybe, you know, there people are planting the seeds for a reason, but making everything a universe, you know. Sure. And uh, you know, cuz that seems obviously to be the way to go now with with obviously the MCU and 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 Zack Snyder stuff. I don't know if you did catch Army of Thieves. Yeah, uh no, I caught The Army of the Dead. Army yes. of Thieves is now a prequel to that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and right. you have to see it. It is so entertaining. And basically it's surrounding uh, Matthias uh, Schwieghofer, who is uh, uh, Ludwig <laughs> Dieter. Lud- yeah, exactly. Ludwig Dieter. Um, and he not only stars in it, uh, he directs it. And Jesus, where did this guy come from? Well, he came from Germany. And in Germany, he directed. And in Germany, he's done dozens upon dozens of roles so this guy is enormously talented and the the interesting thing about this prequel is it is more it's more of a heist movie Mm -hmm. than it is it's the the the, the zombie thing is going on it's early days of the pandemic excuse me (laughs) the epidemic and um you know so like they're you're in people are in the airports and then on the background well uh, they're they're in the uk and in the background on tv well there's this pan this epidemic breaking out in in las vegas and so so that they they slightly work in the zombie things there and there are a couple other clever places that they've used zombie stuff um and and of course naturally the main tie is um ludwig how did how did ludwig come you know come to be this master uh thief uh of you know a safe cracker so it's it's really really good and uh, I, if I can do a quick plug, I, I actually did talk with him and Zack Snyder together for the film on directconversations.com. You can find that those interviews as well as folks that are in the movie, and it is just 
for the most part, a lot of people that you might recognize, but you really don't know. Expert uh, direction by Matthias. Expert uh, acting all around from folks you might not. And Natalie Emmanuel, who was in a couple Fast and Furious movies. You'll recognize her, but probably not anybody else. But it doesn't matter because it is so incredibly well done. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I didn't even realize that it had come out yet. It was it just yeah. Is it another Amazon Prime movie? Is that the uh, no? It's uh, it's actually Netflix. Netflix. And, and okay. Snyder Snyder is bringing. He's building this whole Army of the Dead universe on Netflix. So you have that. You have the prequel, and then now uh, coming up next year, you're going to have uh, Lost Vegas Army of the or Army of the Dead, and it's the early days of like Batista's character, all those people in Army of the Dead, but it's done in anime style animation. So you're going to meet all those guys in that anime style animated um, series, plus other characters that they know in, in the early days of the uh, zombie epidemic in Las Vegas. So that that's going to be interesting. And he's already announced a sequel to Army of the Dead. So he's building it out much in the same way he built out the Justice League, mm-hmm. you know, the, the proper version, the four-hour right. version. <laughs> right. And uh, so, so you know, obviously uh, Netflix has given him the keys to do whatever he wants. So that's why we're not going to see another Justice League or anything like that anytime soon from him. But look, man, we, we knew already from Dawn of the Dead, his remake, that this guy had a handle on the genre. Yep. So that's what's cool about this. It took 17 years, but he got Army of the Dead out there, and then Army of Thieves, and then and now the prequel series, and then a sequel next. So yeah, fun stuff, man. It, it's entertaining. That's what you want now Agreed. because of the madness in the world. You want to escape, and believe me, this is the way you're going to escape. Tim Talks Hollywood. Check out directconversations.com. He just had a great conversation with uh, the original clerk himself, Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. That movie is out on on digital only. That came out yesterday. Talked with Kevin about, um, you know, everything in his career. Even Bruce Willis, that whole fiasco, which which we had a, a good laugh about. Um, but before we even started the interview, I have to mention quickly, we talked about when they made mall rats in Minnesota, part of it was in Monticello, Minnesota used to be this, this flea market called Osaki's fun market. And he said, I remember we set up during the week and all the people that normally would sell there on the weekends, cause it was only a weekend thing. They came in to recreate this flea market feel. And he says, all the people in the cast and crew were actually picking through all the stuff that people brought in. So that was kind of cool. And he said, uh, I said, well, you got to go back to Eden Prairie Mall. I said, that doesn't even look like it did in the film. He says, yeah, I was there a couple of years ago because, you know, he tours with his um, his one man thing. Right. And he said the only remnant of mall rats is in the pot bellies there. And he said they had a, 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 a mall rats poster on the wall. And he said, yeah, I stood under it for about 10 minutes to see if anybody recognized me and nothing happened. So. <laughs> But Very he's good. such a great guy, man. If you ever get a chance to interview him, he is so enthusiastic and and in an, in talk about an encyclopedic knowledge of movies. I mean, right. it is just so much well, fun to talk. All entertainment. The guy just seems to be connected. Timmy, thank you so much. We've got a special guest calling in here as we wrap up our first hour, ladies and gentlemen from the family. Tom Bernard online with us. Tom, how you feeling, buddy? Who's that lame host you got over there? Yeah, he's one of those filling <laughs> guys. Hey, Tommy, I got to get going, but uh, I'll I'll let you guys go. But, hey, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're feeling a lot better. And happy Thanksgiving to Catherine and the family, too, man. Well, thank you very much. Very nice of you. All righty, sir. All right, I'll let you kids go. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. All right, Tom, everybody's a buzz in the state of Minnesota. Where's Tom Bernard? (laughs) Apparently you've escaped the trunk I had you tied into, and now you're back. So what's going on, sir? They finally got rid of me, and now here I come stomping it back. <clears throat> I sound like I have. Well, first of all, one of the reasons I wanted to call, and, and Cassie would know this, I'm sure, is Catherine's been on social media telling anybody how horseshit I am at protecting other people from my COVID. Okay. Honest to God, I, I don't, all these people are sending me text messages, not text messages, but like tweets and stuff like that. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, Tom's uh, had it now for several days. And, uh, you know, he comes upstairs and he coughs, and then he touches all the cupboards. And I do not. She's lying through oh. the teeth. <laughs> you said Catherine with your muffled, sickly voice. We couldn't tell who you were uh, upset with on this, but... So she's uh, she's throwing you under the the COVID bus, huh? Well, honest to God, I, I every time I go upstairs, she runs down the block for Christ's sake. <laughs> I said, "Honey, it's like six feet, and I have a mask on." Okay, so I don't know what to do. It turns out, by the way, you mm-hmm. you probably might know this because you do a personal appearance once in a while, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it turns out you, you can get COVID when people come up and kiss you all the time while you're there for four days. That, that never happens, honey. Just for the record, <laughs> all right? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about men on men, not women on men. Oh, yeah. men on men people. happens all the time with me. She knows that. <laughs> yeah, no question. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think they've announced it on KQ. Why I'm not on KQ right now? But I will be back a week from tomorrow. You got to do the ten day period. Mm-hmm. And it's really a thrill because I have a bunch of commercials I have to cut, which means I'm going to have to go into the studio either sometime before 8 o'clock in the morning or sometime after 6 o'clock at night when nobody else is around, hose the whole thing off when I'm done. So, I don't know. That's sometime early next week, I guess, Tuesday or so. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But, <clears throat> you know, the good thing about it is, and by coincidence, I had gotten the, the vaccine uh, back in May, and when we left for Nashville about a week and a half ago, I guess it's almost two weeks ago now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in any case, um, uh, I was walking through the airport, and I looked to my left, and there's this booster available. There's nobody in line. And I went, well, God, I may as well get the booster. I got two hours to sit here at the airport, so that's only going to take 20 minutes. So I ducked in there, and Brianna and Dr. Barb were there. That was the one. That was Dr. Barb, the one that said, hey, where did your daughter go? When she was talking about my wife. <laughs> yeah. Cry me a river, Bernard. Said, you should see how many times yeah. I get that. Or asking how my uh, granddaughter Winnie's doing. Yeah. Yeah. How's your granddaughter doing, Valley? <laughs> so basically, yes, I do believe that, that my daughter, Catherine, is the mother of your granddaughter, Cassie. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. And I said to Bar- Dr. Barb, I said, she's eight years younger than me. It's not like, you know, I married a woman 30 years younger than me. She... That's not my daughter. It's my wife. She goes, yeah, okay. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, I think you and I have the same problem in that they see our wives and they go, there's no way they're married to those two dopes. Nope. Nope. It's a possibility. But, yeah, I mean, it's so I I got lucky. I got the booster as I was going down to Nashville. Apparently that doesn't kick in for, what, about 10 days in itself. The booster shot, I think, is in full effect after 10 days. Mm Mm-hmm. So that helped out. Uh, I just really felt like I had a cold, and not even a really bad cold. I just felt like I had a cold for a few days, and I'm almost through that now. And you know, one more week, and I'll be back at it. It's Wednesday, yeah. And next next Wednesday, I have to test negative, and then I can go back on the air a week from tomorrow. But it luckily, well, not luckily, they don't get to see my family on Thanksgiving for the first time in my life, but. I don't have to go into work on Thursday and Friday anyway because of the holiday. So that that part did help. I, I I don't like the not seeing my family. I've never ever spent a Thanksgiving away from my family in my life. Can't you just rent the Pope Mobile? I mean, he's not in the United <laughs> States right now. Can't you just sit in that little uh, plexiglass shielded box and and be around the family that way? Well, that's what I'd like to do, but they won't. They won't do it. They you know, have it. any reason they finally got one on you. No, Tom, really, you should just stay in the room. <laughs> no, you know what? You you just stay at home. Oh, and I mean, that's the other thing. I'm on the first floor. Catherine's on the second floor. She will not come down here. <laughs> she will not do it. Why do I have a picture like, of the oh day she God. has to? She's going to be in like that metal suit from Aliens 2 that Ripley <laughs> wears with the flamethrower to clear the room's air. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah. The day the earth stood still with that metal helmet. <laughs> Well, I hope you feel better soon, sir. Well, thank you. I just want to let our listeners know, and and thank you for caring. But, uh, but yeah, I have COVID. I should be back. Uh, I will not be on again next week. Oh, I might be on. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be on Thursday or not, because I don't think Doug's in town next Thursday. 
I think he's going to his mother's birthday party. So I'll sit in for you, boss. Don't worry about it. All right. We'll just slog through one more week of this, and then I'll be out of it. But have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much to both of you for doing this. Certainly. It sounds like you're having a really good time. We are. Who else you got? Who did you have on the first hour? We had that Tim Lammers, that young upstart from Minneapolis. Oh, that, that <laughs> upstart Tim Lammers. Yeah. Oh, did he think it was Tuesday or something? No, he no, couldn't. he was too busy yesterday to sit with us. Yeah. Oh, big shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Talking yeah. to some guy named Kevin Smith was more important than <laughs> sitting in with Dave and Cassie. So. I really like Kevin Smith. He's a really good guy. Yeah. He's quirk, quirkier than hell, but he's a good guy. Yeah, we saw him last but, time he right, was well, live in town before his heart attack. I think we were the show a week before oh, his yeah. heart attack. So, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well, have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Take it easy. Remember, Thanksgiving's only a day you can eat turkey oh, two weeks from now with your family <laughs> and give thanks at that point that you made it through COVID. Oh, as a matter of fact, I talked to because Tony, Tony Lee's got it. Brian Zepp's got it. He's able to go on the air because he's in Montana. Sure. And he works out of his house, so he could be on the show. Uh, with, with it. And, and Candace didn't get it. She's the only one on the morning show who didn't get it. Too much. So I think the alcohol killed it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there is a line. <laughs> she's patient zero. Is she the carrier? You know, one of the greatest things about that, Cassie, is you gave me a great closing line. <laughs> say your line again, and then I'll close out and hang up on you. Okay, go ahead and say it again. I think it was the alcohol that killed it. God, no wonder no one in management got it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Jeff Belanger next right here on The Family.